the window had been busted out and our gear, part of our gear had been stolen. Uh, there's nowhere to play up here at all. I'm sitting there kind of by myself, like waiting for my manners. And, and the mirrors, like they, the mirrors kind of like spin open like 90 degrees, like they kind of rotate open. And all these women in sexy lingerie can come walking out from behind the mirrors. I'm just well, going to throw this out there that it almost sounded like you were kind of the dark side sometimes of the scene. Just when I parted ways with monuments and so it was a really, really desperate time of my life. At the end of it, our bass player told us, like, he just looked at us and was like, yeah, this is my last show. So, like, basically back to the beast era. Dealing with this alcohol intake and we're at a Christian festival and we're supposed to be a Christian band. I was kind of like, man, this, this sucks. This is not a good look. Welcome back to Dark Side of the Scene. I'm your host, Brandon, alongside it. What's up? <laughs> we had uh, technical difficulties with my ghetto ass rig here. Anyway, not much going on. Um, just wanted to uh, shout out to the people. I guess, you know, like there was a tornado. Took out the roof of a Morbid Angel concert of all places, right? Like other shows were probably happening in the world, but like that had to get struck by a tornado and a person lost their life and a bunch of people were injured. It's pretty wild, you know. Like yeah. there was tornadoes around here too, and that's crazy. I don't understand. Like not that far away, like down the road, there was some tree stuff damaged, and then in the town we used to live in, it just ripped through the town, just like two miles south, and it's they said it was an EF two or whatever but it always manages to find a mobile home i don't know what it is with tornadoes yeah. and mobile home. like it's a stereotype stigma or whatever but it, like literally the one it went for less than a half a mile and it still managed to take out a trailer sure. like, it's like that's fucked up right i mean you know like it's bad enough that you want to enjoy a concert and then you get injured like of all like i said of all the places that could have hit it had hit a morbid angel concert like but, i don't understand that you know i'm so, sure people are saying it was that devil music bringing the stuff out there you know the... yeah, yeah yeah i'd showed you that somebody said that i'm like you know what they don't make enough to be devil music <laughs> honestly they're playing a little a little venue that got destroyed and it's all they play the small venues like Morbid Angel does not make enough money if they worship the devil. Yeah. And then there was other people that were like shitty that they wanted to continue the tour. It's like, do you know how much they make? They don't make anything. If they pull out, they're going to be broke and probably really disappointed. And a lot of fans are, and I'm sorry, but like they, sh they did a good thing to continue on in the show and the tour. People need to be in the right place. Why would they cancel their tour because a tornado hit a venue? I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand that logic. I guess some, yeah. someone died there, yes. But it wasn't... They didn't cause it. You know what I mean? Like right. that, that doesn't make any sense. Right. It's not like it was a, like, you know, a dime bag situation or nothing, you know, a tragedy like that or shooting. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, it was literally an act of quote unquote God. And how is that supposed to impact a band and the other bands that were on that tour? Like, I'm sorry if I was playing a show and a tornado ripped through and someone died. It's not like I'd never play music again or cancel the whole thing that I was doing just because someone died. It had nothing to do with me. Right. I don't, I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Right. You're, well, if, rest, if, if you're on, yeah. yeah, rest in peace to the person out there. Yeah, that's condolences. sad. He was like trying to enjoy more, some morbid angel and, you know, poor guy. Huh. Um, that, to me, it's just like, what if you're on your way to go play a show and someone gets in a car accident in front of you and you've seen the car accident happen? Are you going to not go play your show because someone got into a car wreck and died when you had nothing to do with it? Right. Like people are, I don't know. I don't know either. Oh, excuse me. <sighs> I think people just look for reasons to bitch. Basically, I think that's that's what it comes down to. Hmm. I say that as people listen to us bitch. <laughs> right. I am self-aware, guys. I, I do know the oxymoron of stuff that we say. I'm not that far out of touch. I feel like this is nothing new to me. They know I bitch anyway, so... <laughs> it's just Ed being Ed and like, okay, cool. Most people don't know who I am. And when they do know who I am, they think I'm an asshole. Cause I don't talk to people. And that's, I'm just not an outgoing person. If you come up and talk to me, I'll say something back, but I don't, I don't strike up conversations very easily. Just that's my demeanor. Right. But Ed and I, uh, happened to go to a show the other night. And it's the first time I've been to a show since the beast. Yeah. So, all that did, did was uh, rejuvenate me into missing playing music, but you'll have that, I guess. But yeah, we yeah. Hung, hung out with some buddies of ours. It was a good time. And uh, passed out some scan cards, hoping we'd get some more downloads for the podcast. <laughs> and I, I checked yesterday. We had one for the entire day. I was like... Right. The rest made it into the trash, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, one download. That really paid off, I guess. <laughs> that means Dang. no, that literally meant no one scanned it and listened to anything. <laughs> thanks for the support. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> thanks, guys, for all that support out there. We appreciate it. And uh, if you'd like to be on Dark Side of the Scene, you can send an email to Brandon at darksideofthescene.com. We'll get you scheduled for a future episode that no one will probably listen to. <laughs> Just uh, just joking around. We've actually have been getting some decent amounts, so we do appreciate that too. So, yes, thanks for all the support we get. It's definitely appreciated. And if you want to help the show, share the show around, leave a review, like the Facebook, share the Facebook, get the word out. If you know someone that's in a band, send them our way. Whatever you got to do helps us get bigger, and that helps everyone else out because. The more people know about us, the more people are going to hear the stories of the bands that have come on the show. So it works in both ways. Yeah. And on that note, we have a guy named Matt who's waiting to get on. He messaged me this morning and I said we'd be right around nine o'clock and we're a little after nine. So hang tight. We're going to send an invite and bring him on in. I'd like to take the time to welcome our guest to the show. Matt, thanks for coming out and talking with us. Glad to have, thanks for having me, guys. Hello, yeah. Matthew. 
Oh man, this phone. There we go. Technology these days, you can be on a phone, you can be on a computer. Yeah, unfortunately, my computer's been turned to like strictly studio use. So now it's like the phone's all I got left now <laughs> that doesn't have, you know, Studio One or something on it. Yeah. You know, that porn will ruin your computer if you're just trying to record. Oh, yeah, I know it. Just <laughs> jams it up. Yeah, virus, literally. <laughs> yeah, I, I've lost two albums that way. <laughs> that's a real that's, dark side story yeah. <laughs> that'd be terrible like just trying to have fun and then you lose like a shitload of album work just to get your uh, just to get your monkey off <laughs> the dark side of the money shot <laughs> choke yourself yeah right <laughs> didn't the guy from kung fu die from doing that yeah auto yeah autoerotic asphyxiation it's hilarious. You said that you said that really quickly, like you knew right away. <laughs> Maybe it's something he's into. I don't judge. Look, That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, you know. Whatever floats it's, your boat or chokes your throat, I guess. Yeah. It's you know, this is Alabama. <laughs> so so Matt, like, um, how long have you been playing music? Uh this is like almost my twentieth year. Nice. Uh I started I started like playing like shows like on the road when I was 16 or so. Mm. And I like, I had been playing for probably about two years before that. I've been in like marching band and stuff like that. I was a first hair snare drummer in high school mm. um, and then moved to guitar. Cool. What kind so, of music do you play? Um, so the group that I'm in now is uh, strictly a recording, like it's a recording project because the other half of the project live in Australia, but, uh, we do like a atmospheric doom, death doom. Nice. Like, uh, catatonia kind of sort of, um, a lot slower and it, I, I'm a huge catatonia fan. I, I love them. Um, but yeah. some of their new, some of their newer stuff just didn't do it for me. Uh, but I wish I knew who to compare this to. Uh, you ever heard of the band Clouds? I've not. They're not. they're a really really good close comparison. Mm, nice. I'll I feel like up. yeah, I feel like he got you know Ander, Anders from Catatonia got older and he's like less depressed. So that I feel like it, that's probably what affects the music now. He's because they got some success, you know, he's not so sad. Yeah, he's, they quit taking the antidepressants, get off the drugs, and next thing you know, their music's trash. You know what's funny? Yeah, you know what's funny? Like, he looks like the epitome of depression. Like, he looks like a depressed, <laughs> sad guy. Like, it's just his face. Really does. And, yeah. But you look at the, you know, so, like, I just took over in this group uh, for this last album. We just released an album a few weeks ago. So we're still, you know, kind of dealing with the aftermath of all of that. Yeah. And uh, the other guy, I, you know, I've known him since like 2019. He did a, he guest vocaled on a track with my last band. And uh, so after he does the guest vocals, we kind of stay in touch. The whole time, I think the dude's like, you know, 25, 26, something like that. Mm. Well, you know he asked me to produce this album like he had some of it written already and he wanted me to produce it so he sent me the single and i did the production for the single 
And he was like, one and I wrote some leads for it and sent them to him. And he was like, man, why don't you take over it on guitar? And uh, we did an interview right after this album came out on a, a Metal Devastation Radio. Mm. And uh, I found out he's like 21, something like that, like barely out of his teens. Wow. Yeah, Australian people, apparently they look real old. And they're really good, too. I don't know. Extremely. Like, extremely. I, don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe just like the throwing boomerangs and fighting kangaroos, like build up their fingers. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The way gonna... he talks, he was like, I don't have to. He was like, I don't fight with the wildlife. And I was like, how do you live there or not? I was like, it's a. Maybe it's a myth. I, I, I hope so. Because if not, that's a terrible place to be where everything right. just wants to kill you at all times. I've seen photos of the spiders they have down there, and I was like, I would love to and go to Australia, and I was like, but I would not because I see what the hell runs around that place. Yeah, uh, that's where I draw the line, is like the spiders. When the spiders start eating birds is when I'm not coming to your continent. <laughs> when the spider's as big as a dinner plate, I'm like, yep, <laughs> yep. fuck nope. this place. <laughs> and uh, well, I was asking him about those, and he was like, uh, he's like, those are the ones that you actually want around your house because they don't bother people, the uh, huntsman spiders. Yep. He was like, so yeah, they get really, really, really big and they freak people out, but he was like, they pretty much eat everything else. And I'm like, yeah, like small children and <laughs> <laughs> my fingers when I'm sleeping. Yeah. Everyone says they, they're very docile, and I've watched videos and they like chase people, and they jump on people. I was like, that's not docile. That's <laughs> fucking terrifying. No. You ever seen magpies? Like, even magpies terrify me. Like, they're the birds that, like, when you go past their nest, they swoop down and peck you on your head. <laughs> Only in Australia. Apparently. Yeah. The most dangerous animals alive live around Australia, so. I, I, I'm over it. Like, that's why I was like, I'm not, I'm not, he's coming over here uh, this year. And I was like, um, I'm not coming over there. I, I, I refuse. Plus, it's too hot, and I don't like the heat. I mean, that's pretty cool, though, that you managed to have, like, a bandmate from far away and, like, collaborate pretty well. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. He, he's he been really easy to work with, like I said. And I was a huge fan of the project because he had, like, two albums before this one. And mm -hmm. I love both of them. They were so well composed that, you know, it actually made me furious to find out how old he was. <laughs> I was like, man, how are you that much better than me? He's Australian. And that's why yeah, their educational system must be something uh, something just awesome over there because he learned all the a lot of this stuff like he does all of the orchestration the piano all that stuff he was like i learned all that in school in like elementary school and i was like dude what that's wild what he's not telling you is he's actually just a huntsman spider in disguise <laughs> <laughs> they've evolved <laughs> Uh, his whole family's like super talented like that. His dad's probably one of the one of the best wildlife photographers I've ever like actually met. Oh, damn. He sleeps with the what's it what's that? Oh shit. There's a movie where they the dude wonder, joins the animals. What? I wonder if he's related to Steve Irwin. Rest in peace. Right. <laughs> nice. I don't know. When you I think of Australia, I always think of the poor croc hunter. I love that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, there's like a big aquarium close to close to me down here, and they like let you. There's like a little tank for the, like the baby stingrays and stuff. Man, I always like just want to reach in there, punch one, and let them know. You know, Steve Irwin still got people out here, bro. Never, never forget, motherfuckers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you 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 live uh, where again? Sorry, uh, Alabama. 
Alabama. So yeah. is there a decent scene where you live? Um, there really used to be. Um, oh. now it's more like uh, you know, so the town that I grew up playing in, it used to it used to be booming. You know what I mean? Like there used to be a good thriving scene here for all kinds of all like I we were a black metal band, like one of the first like really like writing our own material bands that I was in that was serious was a black metal band. And I mean it kind of grew, you know what I mean? Yeah. To the point where we had churches like making pamphlets about us and stuff like that. Like that oh, was we found yeah, a band. That, we found a band. So how did that yeah. go? We've been looking for a band <laughs> that still gets hassled by the church. So, okay. Uh, th this was the worst part is um, I, I joined them. I was 16. Um, like I went and auditioned, ended up getting it. And I dropped out of school so that I could play with them. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I went back, I went to college and all that stuff, but you know, I figured out after about five years in that band that I was like, well, that was a huge mistake. Um, but we had a, one of the, probably the second show I ever played was uh, that band had put on a metal festival in Anniston, Alabama, and invited some guys from like Atlanta and some of the surrounding areas. And uh, there was this band that was from Mobile, Alabama called Grotestuary they thought that it would be a really good idea to take a lighter and a can of ax and a Bible and they were going to light it up. Right. Oh boy. Hmm. So some kids get like, I guess they, you know, snap to their senses and they grab the Bible and they take off running. Well, the next thing we know, there's like six carloads of cops and a bunch of uh, like the fire, the fire trucks are pulling up and stuff. And we're like, what is going on out there? And we go out the gate to find out. And they're like, Oh, well, we got a call saying that you guys were burning big old hill, hills of like Bibles and stuff like that. And we was like, man, one Bible might have got singed. But I was like, I don't I don't know where you would have got that. But they ended up shutting us down after that because we had like the fairgrounds rented out and everything like 500 oh. people. Damn. No more shows then, huh? <laughs> uh, so, no, we kept playing. We kept doing shows. Uh, The singer for that band, he owned a tattoo shop and. Like the whole back of the shop was renovated um, and it had a stage back there and everything. Mm. So he had some really, he had some really big bands come through there. Mortuary Perry came through there, uh, Unholy Ghost, Pessimist. Mm. Um, it was, it was cool. Nice. So, um, what, a, what? I was going to say, what did happen after the whole church incident? Like you've never been bothered by them anymore? No, like we, uh, I remember the drummer. Um, so it was a church that was like down the street from the tattoo shop. Uh, the ones that really started to take notice. And I don't know if you guys remember, um, uh, there's a cradle of filth shirt and probably one of their like more. Uh, the country uh, one. <laughs> yes. Okay. So our drummer, his name's Justin or he, uh, was, there's a gas station right down the street from the shop. He walks down to the gas station to go get cigarettes and stuff, and he's walking back, and one of them happens to catch a glimpse at the back of that shirt, you know, because he's just walking around like it's, a, you know, flagging it pretty much. Hmm. And uh, a couple of them ran into the shop after him, but 
you know, down here, you know, we all carry guns down here. So like you run up in an establishment and you're getting led, you know what I mean? Like it's a, they didn't stay very long, but yeah, it's not, it's never a good idea. I don't know why they'd be so offended by that. It was just Jesus as a cunt, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, it was like a nun masturbating with a cross on the back of it. (laughs) I forgot. I forgot the nuns on that too. Mm -hmm. I, I guess, uh, Maybe that was a little too much. Yeah, especially for people here who are shocked by just about everything. Is that I, like consider the Bible Belt there? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I, I'm not super familiar once, with all. I tried Alabama. once to put on it. Yeah. Well, don't be because it's terrible. This huh. place, hardcore sucks. Hmm. Yeah. I, I've been down there a couple of times. We stayed down there for a week last year for spring break, but I was on a beach. Obviously, don't really interact with people, but when I think of Alabama, I just think of, like, I don't know, the South, I guess, like old uh, country music and all the stuff that you've seen the band Alabama listen to or whatever. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, that's, like, the first influence in music I ever had. Like, my grandma sang country music, you know, Um but I never really got into country at all. There's now, don't get me wrong. There's some of it, like some of the Delta blues and stuff like that. I, I love it. You know what I mean? Um, if there's anything, the one thing there's the South turns out, you know, habitually turns out some of the best media there is, you know, movies, books, music. So you can't really, can't really complain there. It's uh, and talented musicians and artists. A ton of them. Hmm. But it's also because a lot of everybody's just depressed. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know, but yeah, it sounds like either worship the Bible or be a cast out, right? <laughs> Pretty much. And right. it's it gets so hot down here. It's like uh, look, I'm I'm an indoor cat. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't uh I don't do the outside as much as I don't have to anymore. Right. And like here, it gets so hot. Like if it's a hundred degrees outside, and then you got a hundred percent humidity, where yeah. you got to literally chew to breathe when you walk outside. Nah. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, because it's by Florida. I, I felt that kind of shit, and yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I could I needed like three showers a day. I yeah, deal with it. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, uh, any other like crazy kind of scene things? Maybe, you know, most. <laughs> okay, so the town that I'm actually from right is like a population uh when i was growing up was probably like 2400 right Mm -hmm. not a lot of people very small town i you know i went to school with a bunch of kids here that you know i knew listen to metal and stuff and you know we they kept asking us hey would you guys come and play here and i was like i really don't think that's a good idea but the more we got talking about it i was like you know all right we'll try it so there's like a, a VFW up here that you can rent out. It's got a stage in it. And uh, the parents of said kids decided to set up and picket that show. Mm. So none of their kids were allowed to come in. The bands played to nobody. You know what I mean? Like I had to pay all the bands out of pocket. Um, Yeah, it was horrible. Why and the they, cops, the cops they have were a like, problem with it. Black metal really do you guys yeah. oh is this just 
you guys did use the corpse paint everything or uh, oh absolutely oh. no we were we were like full bore at all times be like we're just like pandas leave us alone <laughs> uh no it was i remember um i was still living here in center when i first started playing shows with that band and like we would do corpse paint and uh the singer he would buy like that uh movie grade blood you know the special yeah. effects blood and stuff yeah. and fling it all over us and i <laughs> was running late to work the next morning because i worked at a dollar general down here and like was the third key manager and i opened up the store and i still got like quartz paint and blood on me you know what i mean like <laughs> it just covered it up with a uniform was like no i'm good you'd fit perfectly up here in elkhart at any family dollar <laughs> <laughs> are you in indiana yes unfortunately there's uh, like, like we're proud to be indiana boys <laughs> man it no, sucks up here yes I, don't, I actually we don't have very many black metal bands up here now that i think about it like hardly unless i'm mistaking sorry audience but i wouldn't mind seeing your band if like you're a black metal band in indiana but i have not seen very many and maybe i don't know maybe the market doesn't do well up here for that but i'm not really sure the market i don't think does very well in the u.s mostly for that and you know right. that was the road that was the brick wall we kept running into is like yeah. i love i love black metal but after a while it gets kind of it got kind of boring to play you know right. once i lost the teenage angst i didn't want to do it anymore mm -hmm. i wanted to you know do something with, that required a little bit more technical know-how yeah um, and but yeah. somehow landed in doom mm -hmm. So like how, how many how many bands have you been in like oh if we're counting like recording projects and well, like actual like show playing bands like uh I I did like the hired gun thing for a little while um yeah you know like filling in on tours for some bands around here mm. I don't know probably like four or five over the years that were like actually serious mm. but does did you have any good experience? Did you have any good experiences with that, basically? Uh, no. I, you know, <laughs> um, that's really what, what, when I took my first big, like, hiatus, like, I hung my gear up for, like, four years almost and didn't touch a guitar. Oh. Um, was, I was filling in for this band out of Aniston called We Must Build, and uh, they brought me on to do, like, four Florida shows, right? So we were going to... Uh, what was it? Uh, Fort Walton Beach, Clearwater, Destin, mm -hmm. and whatever the next town was. I don't know. I didn't make it that far. So we do the show in Fort Walton. Um, the band that was before us, they had this big, huge pool party, and everybody got blasted drunk that same night. Had to get up the next morning, woke up in the back of a truck for some reason. Don't remember how I got there. And... uh and it's like a million degrees outside. It's like dead heat of summer. And they decide they want to go to Destin to go fishing and go swimming and stuff. So, you know, this is the first time I'd been to the ocean. So I'm out there playing in the ocean and stuff. And I fall asleep in a chair in the sun. And they left me there to go to a surf shop down. I woke up like looking straight up like crab people. Like it was so bad. I got sun poisoning. Oops. I yeah, I had to catch first flight. I like I played the show in Clearwater with them that night, and I was trying to my I was at the time I had this like red SG. This is like crappy hardcore, right? Just stuff I could have played in my sleep. 
and uh i was playing this red uh sg that i had and it was like dark red and i matched it perfectly <laughs> i was trying to like hold it up like so my strap wouldn't touch my back and uh i remember the drummer he i'd known the drummer for a little while he was like hey man uh i know what to make you feel better went got me a uh double jack and coke and <laughs> i drank that puked my guts out caught the first flight home <laughs> it was like yeah and that uh coincidentally was the last time i ever drank alcohol oh i i've, I've actually been to destin florida like a years ago i just remember the beach and there was like this huge building with like several bars in it and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, well, they have like the really cool white sand, and they have like a what's called the one mile pier, and it's like literally a whole mile out that you can go swim or go fish into the ocean. Well, uh, we didn't get to that one. I didn't stay there very long, but yeah, I just remember it. Uh-huh. I, I don't care for fishing. Like, I don't know. I, I I probably like the only dude from Alabama that cannot. I can't stand to just sit there and wait for something to bite a hook. I don't know. It's dumb. <laughs> You're you're pretty much anti-Alabama. You don't like fishing. You don't like country music. Wow, you're born in the wrong place. I think. No, I but believe it or not, like I I've lived in a whole lot of like I just moved back. I just came back here from. I lived in New York for a little while and Connecticut, up toward and we lived in Hartford for quite a while. Hmm. That is a scene. That is an insanely good scene up there. Um, yeah yes yeah, I think their so. new england scene is insane i bet it is especially say. like you're just brushing elbows with like some people from your favorite bands like uh i met the guys from shadows fall Ooh. um yeah uh, a couple of the guys um the i was running sound at a club up there um like they were doing metal shows and a couple of the bands it was like always their side projects but i don't know if you ever probably one of the very first like u.s prog bands called fate's warning um i met their guitarist and uh the bassist for that band they're called entiero is the band you should definitely look them up they are super good Mm. um the bassist plays bass for d snyder's band and jamie josta's solo project and uh he's also in another band with uh the guitarist from d snyder's band and the guitars from jamie Josta called kings and liars that are really really good huh nice and i don't know if you ever heard of dexter's lab the studio that's pretty much where like shadows fall kill switch engage hate breed all those guys recorded yeah their drummer from kings and liars is nicky he's the guy that owns dexter's lab hmm. nice all those so, bands came out of the same general area i think unearth was from up there and yep I don't know about Darkest Hour. I thought they were. Uh, they're they're from they're from Virginia. I don't yeah. know. How I know that. <laughs> yeah, I just know like that whole style of music almost basically originated from like the New England area. So. Right. And see, uh, the drummer from the black metal band that I was in, he he was from Connecticut, so he knew like a lot of those guys. Um, you know, and but now they have probably one of the best thriving doom scenes there is. Um. One of my favorite Doom bands. I probably the only time like I met the guys from Cannibal Corpse and didn't really think much about it except for Wow Corpse Grinder has a really big neck and a tiny head. <laughs> like yeah, it man, that dude's got just a huge neck from all the 
freaking windmilling and stuff, but man, his head looks really tiny in comparison. <laughs> right. Especially when you're looking up at him. You know what I mean? Like I was probably like 17 when I met him. He's it's funny because he's got a tiny voice too for like what comes yeah. out of it from what comes out of, his, out of his mouth. He's just like I think he's from New York, so he's kind of got a little bit of that New York right. accent coming out, like, hey, what's going on? I don't know. I can't do his voice. I've been wondering. It's off topic, on topic. But Doom Metal <laughs> has gotten very more popular, I think, in the scenes around here than it was a few years ago. And I'm not sure, like, a lot of the bands, that, like some of the musicians in these bands that I know that I'm referring to, there used to be guys I remember years ago were playing like in the scene metalcore type stuff. It's like they've matured now to go and play doom metal. It, to me, like I don't, I don't know. It's like when American people say doom, it's always like this stoner. You know what I mean? Uh, what do they call it? Like psychedelic. Yeah. Like I don't dig. I don't. That's that's not my that's not my thing. Like when I say doom, I usually mean it in like uh, the original Peace Build Three. You know what I mean? Uh, Tiamat, the European doom scene, right? Because it was of, like a lot really of closely related like, to death metal, kind of like old am- amorphous. Yes. Know, like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah this... oh, my or the piece, the original Peace Build Three was Catatonia, My Dying Bride, and uh, 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 yeah, the other one. Whatever it was, I cannot for the last <laughs> remember. Right I now. Oh, uh, shit, never mind. I had it in my head too. Uh, something cold, some I don't know. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get you though. Like yeah, yeah. Um, because I don't know if you've ever, if you've listened to Catatonia's very first album that they put out. Oh, yeah, uh, it's Brave, raw. Yeah, it's... Brave Murder Day is, yeah, it's, raw. it's insanely heavy too. The guy from Opeth sings on it. That's probably what makes it like more, uh, like, because you know he when he used to growl. <laughs> yeah, well, he he like, did for Bloodbath for a little while too, didn't he? Right, but like yeah. that's the that's the most of the memes like make Michael growl again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so any like basically like you've had a lot of interesting, like you know, tr- travels here. Any like, again, like for the subject matter, any like really dark sidey things were like, like what you said you almost quit for a bit, like. Because, oh no, I did. I quit for a while. But what what made you quit? Just because you got sick of like, the whole, yeah. What what was it? I, I guess yeah. Like I don't know at the time, like uh, uh, the band, the black metal band that I was with is called Divine Black and Path, and it's like. To me, even though I've been in like a cover band and I did a hardcore band like right after that with some friends, mm-hmm. like, but it never, they never went anywhere, didn't play any shows. And then when I joined Divine, it was like professional. You know what I mean? All those guys were much, much probably the singer was nearly twice my age, you know, old enough to be my dad. Hmm. And uh, so it was like, you know, really professional. You know, we handled ourselves accordingly and, did probably like three albums almost four together uh we were working on the fourth and then you know when everybody parted ways it was like not not amicably at all you know what i mean like Hmm. when the fracture happened it happened really fast and it's it's really discouraging you know what i mean like it 
it can be, especially like, you know, we were on the road so much, we were on the cusp of doing something really cool and, you know, have all that gone. And really, honestly, like I was already to the point where I was fed up. It was like, I was going to lose my friends because I couldn't stand to be around them for another day. <laughs> wow. So, and it's usually, yeah, it is kind of hard to like leave a band and then kind of start all over and then wonder if like, these next group of people are going to be tolerable and professional and really into what they're doing. Right. And what I'm dealing with her at the moment. Right. Yeah. I, I just, uh, for a while there, I just didn't see the point in it. You know what I mean? I was like, uh, um, I picked up the drums again for a little while, played with a group, uh, you know, as a drummer for a little bit. So one of the bands that, so in down here, the the way the scene used to work is like you find one or two bands that you really get along with, you have a good time playing with, you guys click up, and you pretty much play everything together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they'll they'll one band will book a show, then the next time the other band will book a show in another area, and then we book a show in our area. You know, keep everybody moving around. Um, so for the longest time, it was us and this, uh, band called Wicked Descendants and, uh, which was like dad metal, like, uh, and a band called Sciatica, which were really, what's, really good. What's dad metal in your opinion? <laughs> um, so if you like listen to them, it's like, it was really, really cheesy. Now, I don't, I don't want to say cheesy because the bass player from that band is still a really close friend of mine. And matter of fact, almost every band that I've been in, he's played with at one point or another. Like I've known the dude my entire career and he's probably one of the best bass players in the South period. Uh, Especially one of the only ones I've ever seen run triplets with his, because he only, he plays exclusively with his fingers. And as fast as I can, you know, I come from black metal. So of course my triplets are, quick and he has never slacked up a little so he had a like a it's kind of like 90s groove sort of called piercing deception i played drums with them for a little while after their drummer passed away who's another close friend of mine Hmm. um so i picked up played with them for a little while and then i kind of got over that too i don't know i've i wanted to do my own thing and like you know just i wanted a band where i could ride everything that's what i wanted it's like, I just want to write everything and you guys play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's what I had in my last group. You know, I wrote everything but the lyrics. They didn't and, get mad. They didn't get mad about that. Cause you know, after a while they were like, yeah. what can we contribute? You know what I mean? No, they didn't bother. And that was, oh. that's why we, that's why I picked them. Uh, oh. Like uh, me and the singer from that band, we started in like 2019. We recorded a five track EP uh, together. And like it was signed to Caparoto Records, they're the ones that distributed it for out of the Netherlands. Mm. And like that one did really well, got a lot of radio play. We were on the radio a bunch of times down here, um, like doing interviews and stuff. Um, mm. and then we met the other two guys, the bass player I had known since I was in that hardcore band I was telling you about when I was like a kid. Yeah. Um, that dude's been playing Promise since we were. He's been playing like Promise on a fretless bass since we were like fourteen, huh. flawlessly. Nice. And you know, I, which worried me because like you know you'd be trying to show him a riff like back in the day when we you know I'll try to jam together. You try to show him a riff or something, and then like he you, you could see the ADD happen, and he would just turn around and start playing Promise again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. 
so he played with us for a little while and then uh we brought a drummer on which it was literally like look man all you got to do me and the singer from that band were both drummers so we wrote all the drums and everything performed them all was like look just just do what we did you know what i mean if you want to add some stuff here and there add some stuff here and there but you know basically keep it to what we did and that's you know they didn't have no problem with that sounds like you don't have a shortage of members down there like most areas because oh no no it's you got you gonna get it two ways here it's either they're really good guys and they really really suck or (laughs) they're incredible musicians but they are shitty people man that's the only two ways you get it here i think that's common though yeah yeah yeah, I I would imagine so, or it seemed to be in every other scene that I've kind of like poked my head into. It's 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 almost true. Like, and I don't necessarily think the ones that are super good are intentionally that way. It's just it is just how it comes off sometimes. And then some of the best people you ever want to play with are the ones that aren't really good enough to play with. Right. So. Well, and, you know, the good thing about that last band is, like, every one of those guys were extremely talented. The drummer was pit percussionist for one of the biggest marching bands in the South, uh, JSU. So he, like, and he was in uh, he was in school on a choir scholarship, so he was, like, completely music-geared. Um, like I said, the bass player is kind of a virtuoso, and then, you know, you had me and the, the singer. He played guitar, too, and he was extremely good for his age that reminds me this is totally random but you ever think like you said he was in like drum drum competition what was that again uh yeah i was at marching band right so like you know how they have marching bands for like obviously big events football like nfl and you guys ever think like they'll do a blast beat in that <laughs> that's there i want to hear a blast beat in like in front of like an nfl game i've never heard one yet <laughs> Like I saw full, Danny uh, Carey from Tool play with the band from uh, uh, where he went to college. I think it was in Kansas or something uh, like that. That was pretty neat. He was playing a trap set with their uh, basketball band. It was pretty uh, neat. But I, I really want to hear a blast beat. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know if it'll happen in our lifetime because that's not cool music. But, you know. So, actually, I was going to ask you. So, how did uh, your time with the beast happened like did that affect you a lot as far as like musically and you know because it was a rough time when you know the whole beast era hit and people getting sick and yeah so we got locked in um you know i ended up uh having a beast baby and then uh what that's a different one i've never heard of that yeah okay i get you um and like the singer, we all, we lived all pretty, like they lived pretty close together. The singer, the drummer and the bass player, they lived pretty close together. And I was kind of like way out, you know, mm-hmm. from them. Like it's probably like an hour and a half drive uh, one way to go to practice yeah. every, every other day. Cause that's how we were practicing every other day, but we took pretty much that time. Well, I took that time and wrote an album mm-hmm. and like had, time to like really dial it in and i was really starting to like focus on production and that's when i kind of noticed that i was like hey i kind of don't want to play shows anymore like i was 
already getting to the point where I was so interested in production that I was writing music just so I would have something to mix. Mm. And uh, we put out the last album together, or I wrote it, and then we got the vocals recorded. And then we got signed to Black Doomba, like right after that. Um, that album hit. It was like through and through. That's probably like one of the albums besides the one we just that I just put out with uh, this new group. That's probably the one I'm most proud of. And so uh, when everything really went south, it's like we announced that we had played a big show. A lot of our friends turned up and stuff. We announced that we got signed to Black Doom, but which Black Doom is like a subsidiary of uh, Metal Blade, right? Hmm. And, uh, and But they're like strictly for Doom Metal. And... So we announced we got signed with them, and then that same night, the bass player, like after they signed contracts, the bass player and drummer quit. Was it a bum contract or no, no, not at all. It was so. Uh, what, what's your experience with that? Like, in case the audience is curious about, like, you know, there's obviously people in bands are going to hear this and go, oh, oh, they got signed to somebody. Let's hear that. So, what's your experience with that? Really. I've never noticed a difference. Um, hmm. The band Divine Black and Path, they were, we were signed to a, a, a label here out of Alabama called uh, Raven Mad. Um, it was us and like two other groups from the area. Yeah. And, you know, it was just kind of like a big click and family. You know what I mean? Sort of. Um, but, you know, they did help out with like our studio time and stuff like that. And, but we were so far ahead of the curve when we met them that we didn't need them for much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had our own merch supply and, you know, had suicide girls modeling our merch and all that stuff. You know, MySpace was booming back then. So we were not at a shortage of, you know, shows to play. I was going to say, I haven't heard from suicide girls in a long time. Did they like grow up? <laughs> I haven't not seen, I, you know, I haven't heard of that. I, you know? I, yeah, I, I guess I, I would hope. I so. forgot all about that. Wow. Um, you know, so we're, and that's been about the way it has been with every label that I've ever been on was Mm. by the time we got a label involved, it was, we were already so far ahead of the curve that what did we need them for? You know what I mean? Besides some distribution. Right. But back then there was no distro kit or anything like that. You know what I mean? So, or Spotify or, you know, this is hell, this is pre Pandora. So you know, you you didn't really need them for much unless you were like getting physical copies done. But yeah. then again, like I said, we all we were all working. The singer owned a tattoo shop that was booming year round. Mm. So, you know, we pretty much just we financed ourselves. Mm. So I, I don't know, like I, we just never needed them for much. And like when we went to Black Doomba. You know, we were going to go into his studio. He has uh, the, you ever heard of the band Hallow's Eve? Like the old school thrash band Hallow's Eve? Sounds familiar, but. They're like the first band ever on Metal Blade Records. Huh. They were the first ones ever signed to Metal Blade. Nice. So the bass player from Hallow's Eve, his name's Tommy Stewart. He owns Black Doomba Records out of Atlanta. And, uh. So it was really cool, man. Like you go in that guy's house and it's like walking into like music history. It's really cool. Like when Metallica opened up for them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Um, 
but like I said, I, I was already kind of adept at producing. And, you know, once I got through with that album, I was like, we don't need to go anywhere and record. We It's done. You know what I mean? Like it was already finished. Hmm. So basically like the beast help you kind of hone in on your craft, basically a lot more. Yeah. I didn't have, I didn't have anything better to do. Yeah. Didn't. So, you know, well, I mean, yeah, that's a good thing that came out of that. I feel like a lot of people learn how to record better myself included even though i shit as far as producing i just like make okay demos but a lot of people took it took that up which is like amazing and once like things started opening up it was just nice to actually see shows too um did you play out anymore after that uh so it was like right at the end of it sort of um was the the it was during you know, the whole beast era that, uh, you know, we had done that album. I'd sent the demo, sent out the demos and stuff like that too. And, you know, black Doomba picked us up. And so there was some groups like of promoters that were doing these big outdoor shows where people, you know, it was like on big plots of land where people could, you know, social distance and right, all yeah. that. So we had done a few of those and, uh, the first indoor show we did um we did with some friends of ours that came in from Birmingham and we were playing in Huntsville it's a place called Maggie Myers and uh that was like the first like post post uh yeah uh beast thing we did nice <laughs> and that's when the uh drummer and bass player quit which it played a really big part in why they quit hmm i just didn't feel it no more huh no, it was uh they both still live with their parents and their parents had uh you know were so beast paranoid, you know oh, what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. I feel I remember those concerts where like they kind of sectioned everyone off. To me, it looked like the like the 4H fair where they're just like judging all the sheep and the pigs <laughs> and the pig pens and different ones. That's what it looks like. And I'm like, I'm glad that never took off when they said it was the new normal because that was stupid but whatever i mean i'm just glad like things are basically you know normal in a way i guess for some people well for most people I should say but no I, I could see where a lot of people just gave up music because they didn't want to be around anyone and yeah it's not a, it was an easy time for a lot of people basically what i'm saying no and that was like that was my thing is like you know I, once I once I realized like how much I started that I was caring about production yeah. and you know I I love to play guitar. I just don't want the hassle of like being, you know, plus if anything, the beast did make my anxiety worse. You know what I mean? Like I, I I'd always been like an anxious person, but it just being sealed away for a little while was mm -hmm. really great. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I all that like, long time yeah. was great and uh when i had to had to start dealing with people again i was just like i don't want to so <laughs> no i i get you like i i feel like i was gonna say like i feel damn it i've lost what i was gonna say oh well <laughs> that happens no it had to do with the production and everything like the that that could make you money too just because some people don't aren't good at producing I'll just go to somebody else and there's there's a lot of money in oh absolutely absolutely yeah. I, I hit I, especially when i was in connecticut i was hitting licks 
Um, you know, mo they there's so many like really big name. You had like uh Earthwood Studios up there, you had Dexter's Lab. Um, you know, where I was making my nut was like helping bands with pre like their pre-production. Yeah, you know. So yeah. would you move back there or are you just like it? Oh right yeah, there? no, I, I love man, I love New England. The weather was uh it, you know, is nine degrees in the winter, but but, and it snowed for like seven months, but uh -huh. I loved it. Like yeah. it was, it was so nice. I lived in Utah. That was the only other place with snow that I, I lived. And, uh, that snow sucked. Like it made your socks wet year round and stuff. It was like real slushy snow. Horrible. You're basically like a, an anxious adventurer by all these cities you've lived in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, well, I've lived all over this state, and I've lived, uh, you know, in Georgia, um, in Savannah, Georgia, for a little while. Um, what made you move back then, back to Alabama? <laughs> ever, ever, I don't know. This place is like a magnet. You know, you uh, can leave if you want to, but you'll you'll normally come back. You said you had a a beast baby. I mean, an album or actual baby? Actual baby. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's why family keeps you grounded. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's um. My beast baby's upstairs screaming at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've got uh, a couple of them. Um, a boy and a girl. Oh, okay, nice. Did you give them some crazy black metal names? Azazel uh, and Gabriel, or some crazy? I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, so um. So I have a I have a boy and a girl from my last marriage, and then I have a I was married once before. Um, mm. for like a long time, I, my first marriage was like eleven years, and we had two two boys together, and their names are Damien and Link. Um, like, I didn't Zelda? get the name. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and Damien. Uh, so uh, the singer from Deicide. Uh, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, I cannot remember his name. Glenn Benton. Yes, thank yes. you. His see his I remember reading in Guitar World that uh he named his son Damon and it was spelled like uh D A E M O N. Yeah. So I was like, man, I like that. I'm gonna steal it. And so uh my first child, my firstborn son, his name's Damien. It's like D A E M I A N. Yeah, I think he's in a band too, like his son is, I believe. <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> right. Well, so far you haven't had any too many dark side things in your in your life. Oh no, no, I've seen some really jacked up stuff. Hey, share, uh, share if you want to. You know. So, okay, uh, -huh. uh I, I think probably one of the worst things. Uh, so there's a place in Mobile, Alabama, and I guess the worst part of this is, is it was my favorite place to play. It was so small. This place was a hole in the wall, literally. It held the capacity was 64. Right. There was no <laughs> stage. No stage, so the band set up in the corner of the room, right? Set up on a pallet? Damn. No, not even on a pallet, bro. We're just <laughs> on the carpet. We're just on the carpet, oh. and that's the most raw place ever because you're <laughs> when there's 60 people packed in there, and it's like I look at my fretboard, and I look up, and there's somebody right there like breathing beer into my face, and it was mm. just it was raw, man. Like the energy of that place, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it was like the place that had its own its own energy. So, and it was like, every time we went there, it was, you know, as, especially as we kept getting better and better as a band, it was like just a phenomenal time every time we went there to play. 
And, you know, that they even though that, that that was the only club in the whole state that would X my hands, right? Because I was way too young to be mm-hmm. in there. And they would like I would literally be standing outside with my guitar on my back waiting for us to play so their bouncer could kick me back out. <laughs> and but uh so there was that club right there. And uh, so head on the door was, it was kind of like a shopping center, like one of those outdoor shopping centers. Mm. And there's this club that's like the club that's uh, on up and around the corner, the place like size of a Walmart and it's called celebrations. Right. And I think it's probably around like 2 AM or something like that. We're loading gear uh, into the trailer. And we see one guy walk by and he's like muttering to himself and stuff. And we was like, oh, well, that's weird. You know, let's hurry up and get packed up. Same guy goes to his car, comes back, and he's got like a sawed off double barrel shotgun. Still muttering to himself. Doesn't pay us no mind. And we're just sitting there watching him. Walks back into that club. Then all of a sudden you see people pour out, right? And when these people are pouring out, there's like four or five dudes beating the piss out of this one dude with bar stools. Like I'm talking about hitting him with everything that was not batting down. Seems like drunk. <laughs> I, it, I, I, you know, I don't even know. Oh, <laughs> like boy. I, cause I'm standing there like petrified really. Cause I'm standing there with like my, my cabinet. And at the time I, I played, this really, really, really heavy 1987 uh, Randall RH100 cabinet. <laughs> That'll handle a bullet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, luckily, we got out of there right before those started flying because we oh, had saw it on the news the next morning that, you know, the place had been shot up and a bunch of people had gotten hurt. And yes. um, so once we saw the dude with the shotgun go by, we were like, yep, let's pack faster, pack faster. Yes. Get out of here. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of traumatizing just trying to play a show and then some other asshole has to screw things up yeah and then you get you know get your gear stolen and mm. you know have that happen once or once or twice and mm. i don't know the whole road life is a big beat and i take my hat off to anybody that could you know that could do it i by the time i turned like 19 i'd already played well over 100 shows and was like we pounded pavement constantly and got, it was like, kind of like spinning your tires. You know what I mean? Spinning your wheels in the end. Mm-hmm. So you don't play black metal because you, you know, for the money, that's for sure. No, or any metal, <laughs> any metal, really any metal for I, real. That, yeah. 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 I could, I could see why like not basically getting more skilled in your craft to record and pays off more than just like fucking going to every town for a sandwich and like a little bit of money for you guys to survive and then go on to the next. I mean, I'm not saying it's all that way, but like it's, you definitely have to have no responsibilities to be on the road and then oh, yeah. have no home. Like they say to do it when you're young, when you still live with your parents and then you, you can come back and find whatever job you need to. But like, I couldn't do that right now. I mean, I say this a lot of the podcast, there's no fucking way I'm going to go on the road right now just because I don't want to be broken worry about my house payment and all that other shit <laughs> right um you know which i you know i tried i tried it for as long as i could uh i mean if nothing if nothing else i contribute i can contribute music to at least 98 percent of 
you know, both of my failed marriages. So, <laughs> you know, it really, because I, you know, it, I don't know, it, you know, I've spent my whole life with one thing that's made me happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, aside from my kids, music's about the only thing I've ever consistently had mm-hmm. and has gotten me through. So uh, there was no way I was giving it up. You know what I mean? There's, there's absolutely no way I've taken breaks here and there, but there's absolutely no way I was going to quit. No, I, that's, you know, during the beast era, I knew that I wasn't going to quit music either. I, I knew like things were, and like I said before, it was nice to have a break, not have to worry about booking shows and talking to venues and promoters and like, it was a nice break. And then, but I still knew like, well, in my head, I'm like, this will probably pass like every other crazy thing. I mean, it took a few years more than I expected, but I wasn't going to quit because, you know, the world kind of shut down for a little bit. I mean, that's dumb. I mean, I don't want to sink into a hole of depression. <laughs> right. That's what I could. I could never make anybody understand was like, if I didn't have this, like you would want, would not want to be around me if I didn't have this. You know what I mean? Like. I would, I wouldn't even, I'd be a very hollow shell of a person. So, mm. and, you know, I, I guess that's what I like so much about this recording project is, you know, yeah, my bandmate, he's pretty young and everything, but we've been so responsible. Like everything's done in house except for our art, you know, um, mm-hmm. which, I- you know, the person that does our art is uh, this girl from Greece. Uh, her name's Gogo. She's the singer <laughs> from uh, Aeonic Sorrow which is another awesome funeral doom band. So you found these people on the internet and just, just collaborated is basically how you found. Um, so yeah, right. Andy, uh, we were in like this, uh, doom group, like a death doom group thing together on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he had put out an album back in 2019 called Caligonus. And I just happened to like, you know, be scrolling and I, you know, I saw the artwork and was like, I'm going to check this out. And, was just blown away by it hmm. like by everything about it it had it it had a whole lot of the elements like if it, it's probably one of the albums like that's i contribute to getting me into funeral doom because it had a little bit of everything in it like he would do like these really beautiful melodies and then break it off into like these weird blast beat measures and it's insane that album is so good and made me step up my game so much because I was like, I have to be better than him. Not realizing that he's, you know, I'm way older than him and that ship has sailed. So that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, we, man, I don't know. It's like a brother from another mother, man. Like we get along famously. We talk every day. Um, you know, we send cash back and forth to pay for our band expenses. Like, you know, we have our drop shipping for T-shirts and physical copies of CDs and stuff in our band camp and all that stuff. Like, seamless. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty good co- collaboration, especially when there's money involved and you don't like, he doesn't live near you. So that's a good, that's a good, yeah. He puts up, he, he, he would not let me put up one cent that he wasn't going to put up the other half of. You know what I mean? So, right. and... I mean, I can appreciate, I appreciate that because uh, the last two, probably last two bands that I've been in, I've almost solely funded. You know what I mean? So uh, that's a, that's a, I don't understand why to the audience out there, like, you know, if you're in a band, 
contribute, put some money into it. I mean, our, my band, we have a, a slush fund, but like we'll contribute a little bit like each of us, but if we don't have to, but like, I don't understand how a band member would not want to like help pay for band expenses like merch bro i paid for their gas money to get to practice you know what i mean like that's too nice sorry i couldn't like i know like if times are tough yeah but if you're just being like a shithead there's difference you know yeah oh yeah that's the thing like if you're gonna be in a band be a responsible person like about it i mean it's in a way it's not really a job but it's like also it's not to waste other people's time because half the time you are wasting people's time if you're not contributing you know right and yeah. you know the the last group that i had we you know the whole point of that was like i got sick of playing for the love of it i was like i want to see if i could turn a profit if there's a way to do this and turn a profit so you know buckled down wrote some of the best tunes i thought you know at the time of my entire life and put out three great albums and nothing you know what i mean could not turn a pro- well uh the ep we turned a profit on it but that's because it was me and the singer in a kitchen with uh <laughs> audio interface a very crappy laptop and uh uh s uh sure sm58 and an old shitty fender guitar and <laughs> we made it work that that's yeah you don't really need much honestly nowadays you can get away with a lot on a recording. No, if you see my setup now compared to like what we had when we first started is like, yeah, I'm snobby now. Like, right. So it's a labor of love after a while. Then you, you kind of get better and respect that you need better gear for the job. Oh yeah. I'm sitting here doing this. Uh, I'm doing this podcast with you guys with slate VSX is on my ears. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah these are like, uh, I just gave like $599 for these headphones. I have junk, but I'm, I'm talking on junk with you, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, uh, well, like, I, they're the ones that are like the full range flat response headphones that mm. they mimic environment. So, like, uh, they have like the rooms built in and all that stuff. It's mm. pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's too rich for my blood, man. But I can hear you perfectly on these shitty ones I'm wearing. I make well. I make payments. All right. So uh, Sweetwater payments. Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Oh boy. I was Good old Sweetwater. The, I was eating the, some Smarties from there earlier. I have this dish from. That's there. where my interface, my cloud lifter, and some of my other stuff has came from. Everything I have is either come from Sweetwater or Zounds. Yep. Everything. My. You don't, uh, have, you don't have anything. Sorry. I was saying my microphone came from Zounds. <laughs> you don't have anything any cool stores out there in your way or are you just no man like you know? uh no and that there used to be one uh here in our town i remember when i was playing drums uh i was in a cover band when i was like way young and i was a drummer and i bought my first set of double bass pedals from a music store here in town mm. but it closed or it moved to rome which is like right across the alabama state line into georgia um and then they ended up closing permanently which has happened to a lot of like our favorite you know music stores there's one in aniston uh there's the one in gadston which is probably the nearest to me they don't really do like they're more for like marching band they supply Mm -hmm. like the schools with like marching instruments and stuff like that so they're geared more to that i Um, uh, kind of like 
a subject about that like it's really sad that a lot of music stores are closing like i think that i feel like that has a lot to do with like the fact that no one cares about playing instruments as much i mean i'm not saying musicianship's dead but like the the passion for it it's definitely has shifted a lot differently because you know there's shit there's you ever, some people have to drive really far to go to a music store and it's like kind of sad well we're kind of like creatures of convenience too so if we can stay at home and order something on our phone you know what i mean it yeah i mean yeah yeah i mean sweetwater and amazon and stuff they kind of killed you know local music stores that's really sad because like sweetwater was a small store now it's like uh it's basically the death star right (laughs) coming for everybody else because there's a lot of mom and pop shops that hate that place because of that so i kind of get it but it, it yeah it's now, there's one really cool music store over uh, a few towns. It's like the next county over. Um, it's probably about an hour drive from here. Um, you know, I like that one, especially their strings, like because they always have like awesome deals. And if you're a local musician, they'll bend over backwards for you, mm-hmm. which is another thing. You know, I really enjoy about local music stores because um, we would go in there and get. You know, he's like he had like a two for ten on Ernie Ball, mm-hmm. so which was a big help when I started playing seven strings. Oh, I hate those strings. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they rust when you open the packet, but that's a whole nother story. Well, I use the uh, cobalts. Um, now they do get dingy really quick, but they stay bright. They stay bright for a pretty while. I'm going to try paradigms this time too. Mm. Um, I've been a six slinger pretty much, you know, all my life up until here recently. Um, Mm. And I got my first seven string and was like, I don't know what I was doing. Like, why have I not always been playing a seven string? Because they are fantastic. Right. I just had a little more massiveness with the low tuning. And so, you know. Yeah. Especially in Doom, you kind of want that little. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I had to have I had to have a seven string for uh, Win Hearts Wither, uh, the project that I'm in now. I had to have one for it. So. Nice. Man, this has just been like a positive episode. A little bit pleasant. Yeah, like you've only had like a few dark things happen, but nothing like out of the, too out of the ordinary. I mean, it seems like you got along with most of your band members. You just were in different bands, but. Oh yeah, no, we would, we would fight all the time. We'd fist fight all the time, but it would be like, (laughs) uh, but that's such a commonplace thing. Right. But you never gave up. You're still like, Yeah. No, we would like, we'd literally like, you know, pap each other out and then, you know, dust, dust the other one off and be like, all right, man, I love you. You know what I'm saying? Like, can right. we not, you know? I mean, you took, obviously you took a hiatus for like a couple of years. So yeah. that that's a, which is weird because like some people never bounce back from that. Like there, there'd be like t- instant instances where a musician would quit and then, you know, so-and-so would be like, Hey that one guy was awesome a guitar and then they would try to ask that person or whatever to come back and so just... that's that's what ended up doing it is like uh the the other guitarist from divine black and path was like one of my he had been one of my best friends for years and it was always me and him like while everybody while the other two older bandmates that we had were doing whatever they were doing we were playing Yu-Gi-Oh on the on the bus you know what i mean like right 
so he, me and him were really close and he started playing with jamming out with another group. And he was like, Hey man, why don't you bring your stuff and, you know, just come and jam. I'm not asking you to join, but come and jam. And he already knew what that was going to do. Mm. You know, I'm surprised he took the bait though. Some people are just like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. No, nah, like, uh, I had already gotten to the point where I was like, man, I, I was working like 80 hours a week and, I'd come home and literally take a shower, play Call of Duty until I just passed out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like, this is not a life for me. Um, I'd been active, you know, in something all the way up until that point. And I was mm-hmm. like, I got to do something. Yeah. Nice. Well, damn, I'm like, yeah, there's not too much dark side here. Which is not, like, again, this show isn't completely supposed to be about the dark side we just like no but i appreciate what you guys are doing and it's you know if anything that's one thing that i've been trying to tell andy my the bandmate that i have now in australia i'm like hey he because he's never played a show or anything like that and i'm like look i've made all the mistakes now you don't have to and i've made them repeatedly you know what i mean so if anything helping to educate the people that come behind us is like the best thing that we could possibly do. Hey, shady promoters, shady managers, shady labels, you know, somebody, if we don't sun them, then they're just going to turn around and they're going to do the same thing to the next, to the next crew that comes up. Yeah. Like random dudes that mumble with shotguns. You got to watch out for them too. Oh yeah. 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 No. And uh, (laughs) any club called celebrations is not going to be, that. i feel like that's a store like I th- that sounds like a party <laughs> store but i don't i wouldn't know <laughs> you yeah get your balloons filled <laughs> yeah right uh so like uh, you know when i was doing uh i for a while i learned how to produce like edm right um so here in the south there was like this big uh revival of dubstep in like 2012 2013 and there was this group, one of them was actually the, one of the original guitars for Attila, right? So he had a dubstep group called Mantis, which is like what they call death step. So I started learning that stuff, like how to produce it. That's what kind of got me on the production path to begin with. And uh, like I saw some things at some Atlanta raves. Like I quit going to Atlanta raves when uh, I fell asleep in the car. Like I, it, it was a sundown to sun up, right? And I was DJing. I only had like a 45 minute set and like all of our friends were there and stuff. So my wife wanted to hang out a little bit longer. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the car and crash out. (laughs) And when I woke up, it was like a scene from the walking dead. I could hear somebody screaming and it was a girl fighting an invisible force screaming, get off me, get off. Like apparently somebody in there had passed out some bad acid and a lot of people were feeling the effects of it. So like I woke up and my wife's like, hey, just stay here. And I'm like, what? And it's like cops everywhere. We're surrounded by them. There's like, a, you know, 2,000 people in this like, because the place was as big as a Sam's Club. And it had like a, a bowling alley, a full basketball court, like four arcades, a skating rink, all this indoors. What, why the hell did the EDM get all that cool shit? I'm jealous. I'm, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, this that place was wild. Uh but it was also like in the uh you know a not so great part of atlanta mm. and some guys were in, like somebody was in there giving out like you know stuff they knew was bad and apparently this girl had gotten a hold of it and she freaked out and i just remember like i i just popped my head up like being from a dead coma sleep 
to waking up watching somebody like fight an invisible person is like, huh? It does it do that. It'll do something to you, man. I was like, well, that's it. I'm never doing this again, and never went back. And we had been we'd been going to that one like so they were called Kingdom Raves, right? It was like all Kingdom Hearts based, yeah. and it was like every room had a different kind of EDM going. Like <laughs> uh, you had rooms for like trap step, and then rooms for dub. Rooms for house music and stuff like that. Yeah. It was insane. When you were right. describing everything that was in there, for some reason, the first thing that popped in my head was the Foot Clan's layer in the first Ninja <laughs> Turtles movie. Right. Where all the kids yes. were. Absolutely. Yes. Damn it. Man, where I was jealous like, of that place. Yes. Uh, the dude, uh, the April's boss's son, uh, was his name Daniel. Yeah, yeah, Danny. Yep. Uh, I- that kid had a punchable like face. That. that kid had a punchable face even now. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's face is punchable to an extent. <laughs> I mean, that's the South for you, though. Yeah. I, I tell you, that's the one thing I could not adjust to up North is like, I don't know. My not punching people's faces. <laughs> okay, so people up there, they're so used to like being around so many people that they'll say slick stuff to, to one another, and there's no consequences for it. Oh, I am like, I am that consequence. Like I like if you I my southern sensibilities do not allow for that slick New England mouth. Like like uh, are you talking about like sarcasm? Are you talking about sarcasm? No, general, I'm talking like, about like they'll you know it, just the way they treat one another up there. You know what I mean? Like it's like they just they stomp on each other. And so like one of the only times like I was like prepared to literally fight two guys at the same time where there's a spirit Halloween. It was like uh last Halloween and we were taking our children to get their Halloween costumes at spirit. And there's these two older, I, I, I want to say kids because they were like 18 and 19. Yeah. So the spirit had like four doors that go like the exits there's two big doors in the middle and there's two small doors out to the side. So we took one of the small doors out to the side toward our vehicle. And this kid runs up and he, I had my daughter in my arms and he kicks the middle door and he misses her face by about an inch. And immediately I was like, take this baby. And I'm right behind them calling that. I'm talking mad. I'm talking the, the best chirping I've ever done in my entire life. Mm. The best calling them kinetic cunts, like, oh, I mean, everything that I could get out just to get one of them to turn around just so I could blast one of them. Um, I don't, like, I don't get, like, that upset about much, but, man, my kids, though, like, right, it, it fired me up because, like, it, it made my daughter cry, but um, because of how much it scared her. She didn't get hit, but it scared her. And, like, they didn't turn around, not even for a second. You know what I mean? I'm like, so when sorry. they even, right. <laughs> Yeah, and my like most people from Alabama, both me and my my ex wife, we were both packing. Both of us had a pistol. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, he's yeah. They're very lucky. They got out of there really, really quick because I was chasing them to their truck. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, man, I fought you both. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I feel and like they didn't want that smoke. I feel like when Spirit Halloween has those like cool displays with like interactive things i'm like where the fuck did i get that because i kind of want one and it's like it's like an store exclusive like they like who the hell builds that i don't know you guys know what i'm talking about 
Yeah, they had one in there that was like a punk, it was like a jack-o'-lantern factory thing, and it was like a whole belt, and it went around this huge area, Damn and it. it was like a like a display, and it was like they went in like one way, and they, I guess it kind of turned them a little bit, and they had like weird faces when they popped back out, and it would just do that like, you know, into infinity, and I we really had, wanted we had that like thing. A torture, yeah, we had a like torture chamber one where like it had like fake live wires and like shit on the screen to scare you, and I'm like who the fuck thought of this and who puts this together like like the spirit halloween corporation yeah, uh, like, i don't know there's some, nothing there's nothing quite scary like uh an abandoned kmart that somebody turned into something for a season right so, fucking jc pennies or sears yeah spirit halloween we got a bunch of abandoned kmarts here um oh, unfortunately kmart. Yeah, old Kmart. Yeah, you know, I, I grew think, up with Kmart. We didn't. I didn't see my first Walmart until I was like in my teens. Man, I thought Walmart started in Alabama. That's wrong. No, not here. Like, uh, dude, let me tell you, it was such a big deal when they put a Walmart in our little town that, uh, like, they gave us a day off of school so that we could <laughs> go there for the. This is no lie, no <laughs> lie, man. Like, they had the marching band there, <laughs> right for the opening of the no oh, blast man. beats. Damn it. No, and like so, I wasn't even. I wasn't. This was before I got into marching band, but I remember because like they, we went to school and they put us on a bus and they made us go to the Walmart grand opening and then let us out of school, gave us a whole day off in case we wanted to go shopping or something. And then all the mom and pop shops closed, and they regret that fucking day. Mm. Yeah, we never really had any very many of those here anyway. Um oh, well. they they were already gone like uh you know. So I the uh, the town that I grew up in was called Center and mm. so next to it is an even smaller town that I was like pretty much raised in on the lake which is called Leesburg and Leesburg only has like a population of like 600 people if that. Right. It's like, it's like our Leesburg. It's down the road from here. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I don't any. I, I I'm weary of any place called Leesburg now. Um, well, don't come up here. We have one. All those, all those, like almost all the people I knew from Leesburg are like meth mites now, and you oh, know, boy, it's so bad. Like that's what happened to this town. Is like you when you when you fought to keep things the same for so many years. Like this place has barely changed since like the '90s, right? And it's because none of these older people that run the town. They don't want it to. They don't put anything here for these kids to do. So the only thing that these kids can do is do drugs and get in trouble. And it, it just perpetuates. And read the Bible. Uh, no, they don't do that. No. Oh, oh. Well, I mean, like, what was that... that going on? <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. That, 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 I feel like that contributes to a lot of kind of lashing out when you don't have like fun activity, like, you know worthwhile wholesome activities too you don't keep that shit going then you know kids get bored right. and experiment and you know i get it which i mean you know that's what i guess you know that was the path most of them took here i was lucky enough to find like you know my circle was so small it was a square so mm. like we uh i hung out with like the same three dudes all the time like we would play music together and you know, smoke a bunch of grass, and that was our whole day. That was what we did every all day, every day. So <laughs> nice. it was it was so bad. I didn't care about what was out there. You know, what was fun to do because we were we had like a shed. It was my friend's house, and uh, his dad had gotten us this huge like wood shed 
to put out back that we could play in. And like we'd literally be in there from sunup, sundown every day. Nice. Learning Green Day covers and crap like that. Well, oh, that's good. Uh, you know, that's good for the kids to do something musically, you know. Oh, well, yeah. Don't, his re- dad, don't repress them. Yeah. Well, his dad was like uh, my first guitar teacher and probably one of the best Delta Blues uh, guitarists I've ever seen, like personally with my own two eyes. Did, did you talk like the dude from Metalocalypse? Like, I'm going to play the blues for you, boy. <laughs> no. No, he was, uh, so he was in the Navy. He also is the one that got me into computers. Um, he uh, was the guy who built, I don't know if you know what the Striker is. It's a, the mili- one of the new military vehicles that they use that they come out with in the past few years. Um, it's like a small armored vehicle that holds heavy can't, machine guns. Can't say no. So it's smaller than a tank, but mm. like just as powerful. And it has like big mounted machine guns, but it's completely armored off. And so he built like uh, he designed that striker and uh, its guidance system where they could see, you know, it's like because it had like uh, screens on the inside of it. And that's how they navigated in the thing. So, um, is this information we're supposed to know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the biggest, uh, I guess, you know, the one of Alabama's like claims to fame is the Army Depot that we have here, um, which if you live close to it becomes more of an annoyance than anything uh i lived next to that thing for like 10 years and they will take dynamite you know what they do is they take old munition like old ammo guns and stuff that are you know getting cycled out well they don't sell those they just destroy them right and the way that they destroy them is that they bury them in the ground with a bunch of dynamite and they blow them to smithereens that must so, be kind of annoying after a while, but you get used to yeah, it. Yeah, so you hear, you'll hear, boom, you'll hear the, you'll hear the boom go off, and then you know, about I don't know, thirty seconds later, all your windows go pop, 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 and then it stops until they do it again about five minutes later, huh. and they'll huh. do that, they'll do that from sunup to sundown. It's Fuck funny, wow. yeah. See that are trains, man. There's a lot of trains around here. I don't know what the, uh, you know what, what are they moving on trains? I don't, I don't just make sure they don't crash near you. It seems seems to be the trend. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, my friend, I got a friend, his name's Donnie. He lives like literally if when the train comes by, he could reach out his kitchen window and touch it. And I'm like, how do you sleep? Because those (laughs) things come through, like they come through like at an incredible rate of speed. Well, this is trains. (laughs) (laughs) Just trains, man. Just trains. Like, I don't know. Like, I always wanted to be a hobo, so, you know. <laughs> nah, I like having money. Sorry. I, I, I like having money, too, but that don't mean I don't want to bendle. I mean, shit. Yeah, you have that. You never know where you're going to be the next day, wherever t- tracks That's take you. Absolutely. Uh, eating hobo dinners. <laughs> out of fucking foil. Uh, tuna helper. Yep. <laughs> nice. Well, damn! This yeah. has not. This has not been a terrible. This, is, this took a turn. Like, this this no, took a, this took a, took a wide turn. I was like, I was like, man, this is gonna. I was like, I was prepared. I was mentally prepared for this too. I was like, man, I'm gonna hear some shit. <laughs> but no, it, no. a lot good, of our though. episodes haven't been horrible stories. A lot of no. them just. And that's no, not, and a, that's not the a whole lot of point people of have podcast. misunderstood what you guys have been doing anyway. Like, yeah. It is information is everything 
in this day and age. And if, you know, it's not cool. And what's really not cool is to be quiet and let, you know, people keep getting took over and over, especially musicians where we don't have no money anyway. So, yeah. you know, to keep letting uh, generation after generation get robbed by, you know, shysters and crooks is not cool. No, it's not. And if we have some impact at all, I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to, because realistically we can't be everywhere. We're nobodies at this point, but at least we're trying something. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think it's a really good thing. Like, you know, half of that stuff I wish I'd have known, you know, growing up. You know, hey, maybe don't sign that. Hey, you know, maybe these guys aren't the best people to be running around with. Right. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that lady who said she was a manager and but wanted like a thousand dollars up front, maybe she's not really a manager. I don't know. Right. 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 Uh, so uh, the only bad management experience I ever had was, uh, you know, who rings the Saturn is? Yes. So yeah. the people that manage them stay away from them. I don't oh. even care to I don't even care to out them. That's uh, <laughs> when they when uh uh extreme management, something like that, uh they had other bands on their roster. And so when they came to us and asked uh my last band about you know, maybe managing us, they wanted a lot of money, right? <laughs> and with the connections that they had, I, we were almost willing to give it to them. But I was like, hey, why don't we do some research? So I hit up some of the other smaller bands that they manage, you know, reached out to them on Facebook, yeah. and every one of them come back with the exact same answer. Don't sign that. Like, uh, like they're they'll they take your money and they take it and siphon it into the two big bands that they represent, which are um, you know, Rigs of Saturn and one other. And uh like they left a couple of bands just like decimated. I actually know a band from Indianapolis that signed with them last year and I've been wanting to actually talk to him. I'm actually, I know the one guitar player pretty well, so I might reach out to him, see what's been going on with that. But no, I yeah, that was, that was exactly what we were told. We ended up going with another one. We went uh, with a FBR management out of New York and they were great. They were good to work with. That's good. Now, when it comes to management and everything else, I've actually recently, just for this podcast purposes, I've hit up a couple PR people, and they've been in contact. They've actually been sending me stuff for bands, like promotional packets for bands that we can potentially line up for interviews. I get stuff now, like every day from these people. I was like, man, they're sending me way too much stuff. I don't, I don't um, want to. So the people that represent uh, Winhart's Wither, uh, they're called Metal Devastation. You should really uh, look them up. The guy that owns it is like True Blue. He runs a festival in Tennessee called uh, uh it's like a Tennessee Devastation, something like that. Um, it's really cool festival that he runs up there. But he started doing PR and stuff, and he did great by us. Like the package was relatively cheap, you know, for what we got. Like we got review after review after article after, you know. Like mm -hmm. it really helped us like sell this record. Yeah, that's good. Now, so the PR people are hitting me up for trying to get their bands interviews. So I'm like, well, I'll let, we'll interview whoever we like, whoever wants to. I don't, I'm not, I don't care what genre or anything about it. Like, just they want interviews, just 
do what's needed and we'll get you at it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's like, there's one or two, like if you want some really good stories, there's at least one or two I'd like to send you guys that could tell you some really crazy stuff. Like down here in the South in the nineties, it was wild. The music scene here was actually good. Yeah. Anyone you got, send them our way. Absolutely. Fellas. Do you have a song that you would like to feature at the end of this episode? Uh, sure. So, uh, the opening, uh, track of our new album, it's called, how could I know, man, that song is probably one of the best things. Like, uh, he wrote this before I came in. The only thing I did was wrote the leads for it. So good. The lyrics are so good due to that vocalist is so talented. Um, you'll see what I mean because it'll it'll just flat out make you sick. Somebody that age should not be that good. Right on. Yeah, yeah just uh, send over an MP3 or a WAV file to the email, and uh, we'll get it on there. All righty. Uh, see, I do have that, and it's right here. Yeah. We're uh, back in the studio already doing the beast. We're going to do a B side album. Um. And we're almost finished with it. Nice. 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 It, yeah, it's fun. It's fun being like, I don't know, doing studio work. Like He's like, is it not, you know, is that not a bad thing? Just keep pumping out music. I was like, how could it be? It seems to be very easier today, I think. And again, we've talked about this before with other people. I feel like the Beast era has helped the online musicianship better. Like everyone was locked in and all this other shit. So everyone wrote music and now they're finding people kind of like what we're doing with this podcast. Like we don't have to be in the same room. They just send stuff back and forth. You're working with guys from a different continent. And then I look for people in the same general state and can't find anybody. <laughs> well, I had come to terms with like the kind of music that I, this kind of music, this is what I'd always wanted to do. And I, you know, at this point I'd already come to terms with it. If, this was what I wanted to do. I wasn't going to find people around here that would also want to do that, or I guess that were talented enough to do it. Um, Cause it's a tall order being able to like do all of the composition, you know, um, it's not just composition, the violin, choir, cellos, you know, like Andy does all that stuff. Like I'm just a guitarist and make everything pleasant to hear. That's it. But he does a lot of work. How old did you say he was? 21. Nice. And when you hear his vocals, you're going to, and the guy's like five, seven, right? He's like, I didn't realize how, like, even how small of a dude he was. Well, he's like, you know, five, seven, one, he's a hobbit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And, but he's also like, you know, I, I don't know if it's Australian accent or something. I don't know what it is, but you know, even my ex-wife was like, I just like hearing him talk. You know what I mean? Like hmm. we're, we're we gonna play that. some we're gonna play some good metal. That's how they talk. <laughs> uh yeah. Or uh it's the no, he started to pick up and what's really funny is he's picking up on my mannerisms now, like the stuff that I you know, like I I'll say broski, but it doesn't come out that way when he says it. Um Brasky, Brasky. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, it's the how you going 
I'm like, what? He's like, literally, how you going, mate? <laughs> he has like a real, um, so Brisbane apparently has like a much different accent than people from like Sydney. And uh, he lives in like Queensland in like the country, uh, country, country called, a uh, little town called Gimpy. <laughs> yeah, it's like G-Y-M-P-I-E. I'm telling you, I think he's still a huntsman spider in disguise. <laughs> yeah, that or some sort of marsupial. Possibly. Aliens. Yeah. yeah. Fucking yeah. aliens. Koala bears, man. They're everywhere. You never know these days are taking over. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. If, you know, he he does like chew on stuff all the time. I wonder. It no, could be no, eucalyptus. No. No, but there's so many like awesome musicians that came from Australia and it's like crazy, you know, like I don't understand it, but like it's cool. Like I don't know what they're doing right, but this is not they, they start teaching music as I right. so he the way he told me was like in elementary school it was like a it was mandatory. Like they took music every day just like they took math. See, that's sad that like we can't afford that here, I guess. That is their thing. They got a budget. Or, it's not as much afford because, uh, you know, the one thing about me and him, like when we pass money back and forth, I think what hurts a lot is because uh, the U.S. dollars worth wide. Uh, it's, you know, right, but transfer rates. They probably, can't like, no, but know. like they can't like, well, the school system up here sucks. Like, they don't, they don't prioritize it here. Like exactly. they do. Like here. a lot, like a lot of countries. They Yeah. But they try to like, make well-rounded individuals, and here they just try to make you know stupid people. Have, exactly. Like oh, I don't know how to balance a check they didn't show me in high school. Whatever. I think I've sent <laughs> this to you before, Ed, and it's completely not a topic for this podcast. It would be for my other one, but there are people out there that believe Australia doesn't even exist. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, there. I've I've seen that. Like that Australia is <laughs> a myth. Yeah, uh, there, there, we went to. We went to war with them, according to Grand Theft Auto. Also, no, <laughs> but there, there's a a group of people, and I won't get into who they are, but they don't believe that Australia is even real. They think it's all just made up. It's like, what about the people that live there? <laughs> no one lives there because it doesn't exist. It's like, okay, we've I've, I've interviewed people man. from Australia. Oh, they're lying. They're not really from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> okay. Uh, all I know is like you know. He, I don't understand half the stuff he says, but you know, it it touched my heart as well as I'm saying. And his American accent is extremely hilarious. Um, <laughs> like he does a really good. Like he sing when he sings. He, if he was, I think if he was to like try to sing in his true tone, it'd trip him up. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so when you hear it, when he sings, there's no accent to it at all. Yeah. Um, it's like a really bland American and like sometimes, you know, I'll say something and he'll like, you know, be a smart ass, say something and really it's almost it's pretty good, but at the same time I'm like, uh, is that what you know? Australia uh, notoriously Australian people don't usually like Americans. Um sorry. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, My bad, man. I was like, you know, whatever my people did to your people, I don't know, but Actually, yeah. I talk. I know one, and I know a guy named John in Australia. We we actually did like a Zoom call. Like, yeah, shout out to John if he's listening. <laughs> he's not really from Australia; it doesn't exist. Well, and I, he does. It's funny because like he does look like Tommy Lee a little bit. So maybe like that's just like his. I don't know if that makes any sense. He doesn't <laughs> exist, but he's a guy with a 
looks like Tommy with the Australian accent. It's just the AI making everyone believe that the oh, actor okay. exists. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's hilarious, though. Like Andy, he's such a good cat, man. Like I'm, I'm stoked for them to come over here because you know he's not, he's never left Australia at all. So um, I'm like, and like I said, he's from out in the country. So like I, during the, his nine to five, like my nine to five, I work for the company who uh, who owns TurboTax, right? Um, his nine to five, I think he like mills, like works in a wood mill. So like he does like crazy hard manual labor and it's really hot over there. <laughs> I'm like, bro, more power to you, man. Uh right. if you can if you can live in that, man, go right ahead. Cause apparently it gets hotter there than it does here. I don't understand I've never looked it up too much. When you say he lives out in the middle of nowhere, I think of like Mad Max. <laughs> like when I think of Australia, I always just think of Mad Max. See, like, I thought that too until like uh, I, me and him were on a, you know, like we video chat all the time and uh, he'll be outside and I can see like palm trees and stuff like everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, I, so, I, I just pictured desolation. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I pictured desert too when I, I, when I would think about it. I have to watch the Mad Max movies because like, progressively like okay i think they were in australia in the first one and then like progressively they went differently and then you had guys with like english accents so it's like in the whole movie universe of that movie where the fuck are they <laughs> are they in I america i don't know they, they ever said they did not say but like the first one clearly is just australian but then you know again there's later on there's all sorts of different people in all the movies and i'm like what where is this? I, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna go watch them and try to find out exactly where Mad Max Universe is. You know, uh, the one place that that got me is like, um, and I always kind of like chalked it up to like Australia's retarded cousin, which is New Zealand, right? Like, <laughs> well, but they can't be. They made Lord of the Rings, dude. They can't be retarded, you know. I uh, I don't know, man. Hobbitses and such. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, what I do know is like. It seems like New England or New Zealand seems. I I mean I hate to say it, and Andy, if you're listening, I'm very sorry, but I mean Australia might be New Zealand's retarded cousin. I don't know because New Zealand looks gorgeous, man. Like they made Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you know, uh, there's this uh, group that it's it's kind of like uh, they do like sketch comedy stuff uh, <laughs> called Viva La Dirt League. Um, they're all from New Zealand, and plus, that's where Power Rangers are from. And okay, Power Rangers are great. They're everything that was awesome about my childhood. They're from there. Uh, yeah, that's where all the original Power Rangers were shot. Was oh, was from Zealand. Japan. Um, so even the original J Japanese series were all done in New Zealand. Hmm. That's crazy. That is weird. Yeah, they're called uh Super Sentai Gokaiger in Japan. So I'm a huge Power Rangers fan. Oh. I've met all the original Rangers except for one, and that was the original Yellow Ranger. And uh, she died in a car accident in like 03. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't yeah, know. Why. I mean, so I didn't really like the original Green like Ranger. He just committed suicide. Right. Uh, yeah, a few that. weeks ago. Yeah. Right. I I've met him like five times. Like every, every time he would come close. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, I guess. But. Just his demons caught up with him, you know. Uh, yeah, he's going through going through a divorce and all that stuff. And uh, rest in peace, Green Ranger. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the guy who played uh, Johnny Young Bosch, the guy who took uh, the Asian Black Ranger, the one that came in after Zach, uh, he actually went on to voice like some of my favorite anime characters. Like uh, he did Bleach, uh, did some voices in Naruto, Trigun. Um, pretty much everything that's come over to the U.S. he's been in in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Super nice guy too. Yeah. He has a band called Ashan uh that you should probably check out. It's really good. <laughs> well, if he's in a band he's had bad experiences, he can come on and talk about Power Rangers and uh band yeah, stuff with us. Those guys got it, they've got it made. He they, I don't know what he would have to complain about because uh like so you know he has all these conventions that he goes to because you know they're either anime conventions because he voices a ton of like iconic characters. Or, uh, did you ever see, uh, the, uh, like that old anime, Akita? It was a movie. Mm, no, I'm like not the, <laughs> so, uh, uh, it was like uh, what they call like the turning point into like what's modern, what anime is now from like, say, spelled like Akira. Yes. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking. I've never watched it, but I know which one it is. Yeah. He voiced, uh, Tetsuo in Akita, which is like, uh, insanely it's like a pivotal point for animation really because before that things looked like speed racer you know speed racer was an anime you know what what else was filmed in like new zealand like xena warrior princess man she's so bad so bad actually actually like what pissed me off this is a for the audience to know xena was not that lucy lawless was not the original one it was supposed to be Vanessa Angel, who was in Weird Science, who that is my celebrity crush. But apparently she got sick and she couldn't do it. So they replaced her Lucy, Lucy Lawless. So Vanessa would have probably been like prime shit right now if she would have got that role. Because I never found Lucy Lawless attractive till like later. I know that's kind of mean, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. She always made me see it. always seemed to me like she could like crush my head with thighs, you know. Uh, that'd be it, right? Like a watermelon. Yeah, same with Hercules. I think that was filmed in New Zealand as well. So something about, I think I don't know if it's cheaper to film there. Is the whole thing? I don't know. I don't know. It, no. It, uh, so like the Power Rangers, the the reason that they were doing it there is because New Zealand has a whole lot of uh, unincorporated, like you know, fields, lands. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. not all habit. It's not big cities and stuff like that. Right. It's not all. So. They had like plenty of room to film and stuff, you know. That's why the Lord of the Rings movies look the way they are because New Zealand literally has everything in as far as terrains and lands. So it's right. Oh, we need a big mountain. Oh, let's just fly out of here. Oh, we need like a really vast fucking forest, scary looking forest. Oh, we'll just fly over here. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, that's not anywhere I want to live. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't even have to use CGI for Mordor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Let's just find the scary mountain with the fucking lava. We'll go fly over there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's 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 all relative, man. I I don't know. I've been to a lot of different places, and you know, really, I guess when you pull it all down, they're all the same. Yeah, in some ways, but like I don't know. I feel like like the UP up in Michigan, that looks a lot different than like where we live it's definitely like another planet right there in my opinion i would say i'd only been to michigan one time and i went to saginaw um, oh 
I heard that's a uh, shitty town. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> I did bounty hunting for a little while, right? And the <laughs> first person, the first person I ever went and got was in Saginaw, Michigan, right? He jumped bail here and uh, actually jumped bail on, it was for a friend of ours who owned a bail bond company. And he sent me, it was me and my ex-psychology professor from college, right? My psych 101 professor, his name was Heath. So uh, we ended up being good friends, like after I took his class. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was a gun nut. So me and him went up there and grabbed a dude from Saginaw. And the law in Michigan says that if you're um, going, if you have to go into their home to get them, uh, you have to call the police and the police will, uh, they won't help you, but they'll oversee it. You know what I mean? To make sure, you know, everything's on the up and up. Uh, Film film me on TikTok, basically. Uh. Yeah. So um, we got there, we got to Saginaw and like Saginaw's cut up into two places. There's Saginaw and then Saginaw Township, right? And they're like a bridge from one another. And, uh, I, man, I don't know. We called 911. I called the sheriff's department. I called just about everybody you could call and could not get one sheriff there to the point to where I was about to just go out there with a shotgun and just start, you know, blasting rounds to see if anybody would show up. Because, you know, I spent an hour on the phone trying to get somebody to come and watch. And we were like, screw it. And we went and kicked in the door anyway. Huh. Nice. <laughs> Did you have a sick mullet when you're doing bounty hunting? I feel like that's uh, a requirement. Uh, no, uh, man, I, uh, that's another Australian thing. I don't know why Australia is just now catching up with our white trash 80s, but uh, <laughs> you know, everybody over there right now has a mullet and a mustache, and it must oh, stop. I mean, that's not just there because I my kids go to school, and there's a lot of mullets at the school lately. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mullets and like or like the perm for boys again is like a big thing do you remember rat tails yeah um, that was the thing i yeah. used to have one I think. how old are you guys <laughs> wait a minute how old are you guys i'm 39 43 okay so, okay so we're close i'm 35 so yeah we remember all that all that crap yeah so i don't know what's going on over there right now but every one of them looks like my my uncle larry in like 1990 <laughs> something Billy still Ray wearing Stones. Yeah, still wearing a, his busted ass old Dale Earnhardt shirt says "Raise Hell, Praise Dale." You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> make porno stash and mullet and yeah, none of it's good. I uh, uh, reeks, of, gets all reeks of an unknown alcohol. Yeah, we're gonna end this episode here in a second, but I have to tell the right. story because you mentioned Dale, and may he rest in peace. But I was actually a one of my friend's houses, this is back obviously years ago, and his family were huge Earnhardt fans. <laughs> and it just so happened to be that day. And it was very awkward for me because I heard, he's in the wall. He crashed. <laughs> and then like the shock and then later on that they announced, I was like, this is like someone in their family died. <laughs> so it was just, uh, I've never been invested in someone I didn't know that much to where it, I felt like I was going to, like it took so much out of me. Like, yeah, like when I've liked bands and I've liked people and stuff like that, you see people that, I don't know, maybe it's just me and I'm just a heartless person, but 
I don't get invested in someone I don't know. No. Yeah, um, I, I I didn't understand that either, which I, I mean, I didn't see that, which I mean, my dad's big into like racing and stuff or just NASCAR, really. And I don't know, like he would try to get me and my brother to watch it. And I was like, man, listen, I don't care. They're driving around. I was like, I can guarantee you I can guess what's going to happen next. They're going to make a left turn. <laughs> and then after that, they're going to make another left. <laughs> and I was like, but if they wanted to impress me, one of them should make a really hard right. You know what I mean? Like that would be impressive to me. You know, go against the grain. Be be your own. And apparently, that's what happened to Earnhardt. Is uh, yep, he uh, took that hard right. And anyway, I'm gonna yeah. shut up before I'm like exiled from the southern community. Yeah, <laughs> you. Uh, I'll get my you, you like, card taken. You don't do the Bible stuff. The church is already after. If you mention something bad about Earnhardt, you'll pretty much be exiled from that state. Jeff Gordon's better. Oh, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's let's go. Take Isn't off, he from Indiana? Off his bed. Oh, wait. Um, yeah, he's from Southern Indiana. I just learned that. I guess yeah. He is. Okay. He's Him from and, Southern uh, Indiana. I thought he was like from further up north somewhere. <laughs> No, I think he's Southern Indiana. There's weird. another one that's from Indiana too. Uh, Tony Stewart. Is he? Yeah. Did y'all know that Frankie Muniz is now driving under NASCAR? Yeah, I heard about that. That's the, the kid good. from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, good yes. for him, I guess. Yeah. Which he's always been a big car guy. You know, he bought like uh, he bought the Jetta from Fast, and, the original Fast and Furious, and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> that that Malcolm in the Middle money paid off. Oh yeah, man! I like he's still getting paid for that, so yeah. you know. Uh, because you mentioned Fast and the Furious, I just saw a preview earlier, and I don't know if they're just saying it as because it caught on like as a meme and making fun of it so much, but literally they said "family" in the trailer like fifteen times. <laughs> Fast and the so, Furious Family Edition. Do you remember Tokyo Drift? You know yeah. the guy, uh, the guy. The dude that had the real southern accent uh, that was in Tokyo Drift. Yeah. So he's from a few towns over from where I am now. Hmm. Uh, like he's from Alabama too. He's from uh, out by over by Montgomery. Wasn't he in Friday Night Lights? I think that's where I actually remember. Yeah, him from he was in Friday Night Lights. Uh, we'll see where I knew him from. He was in Sling Blade. Uh, he was a little kid in Sling Blade. And also there was this old show that used to run on the sci fi channel called American Gothic weird show kind of like the x-files mm-hmm. really neat um ran for about two seasons and he was in that too hmm. Hmm. the guy that's from star wars is actually up from uh around ed's area did you oh, know yeah, that like mishawaka yeah yeah whatever his name adam driver adam, adam driver yeah that's one weird looking guy he is weird looking i'm like man that just does not he's like keanu reeves that like fell down a lot of flights of stairs <laughs> i watched him in a movie recently i think it was last summer right he was in a zombie movie with bill fucking murray but it wasn't uh whatever that other zombie movie was where he uh, dies yeah yeah it wasn't that movie it was like a the dead don't the dead don't die or something like that it was, it was a funny ass movie yeah it was like a zombie land spinoff wasn't it something similar to it yeah like i don't I watched it like three in the fucking morning, so I don't remember a whole lot of it. But I just, <laughs> I just remember Bill yeah. Murray's in. It. He's like a sheriff, and the other guy's like his deputy. And he kept saying the same exact thing. They kept playing the same song on the radio. It was weird. 
I have I actually need to watch it again now that I'm talking about it and see if uh, if I can pay attention enough to not be half asleep watching it. Yeah, so the dude, the the lead singer of Alabama, he actually is, he probably, I don't know, from where I am now, he probably lives like I don't, 15, 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes. In a nice mansion. There, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, And he like never leaves it. Um, <laughs> so uh, the county, uh, the county that I live in, their drummer uh, just got arrested here for uh, possession of marijuana, not not but a, i don't know like last month or something marijuana it's still illegal down there bro it's gonna it will stay illegal down here um <laughs> yeah, that's how it is here yeah it, they're they're not gonna lighten up on that uh so that makes uh, no fucking sense but this sure. county was dry the county that i'm in right now was dry all the way up until just a few years ago that they like you had to go to either etowah county line to go buy beer or all the way to nearly Georgia. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Welcome to the Bible Belt. We couldn't buy beer on Sundays, any type of alcohol on Sundays, up until like five or six years ago. Right. Oh, no, you can't buy, you still can't buy alcohol on Sundays here. Not, there's no restaurants to serve it? Nope. What the fuck? They're, so- they're, they're uh, here on Sundays, and uh, so and Wednesdays on church days, the whole town shuts down like... Uh, I think uh, the last restaurant is open here at like 6 p.m. on Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. For church. Yeah. That sounds right. Man, this sounds like Annie Griffith Town. I probably would have left a long time ago. Oh, I, yeah. I remember when certain businesses would close early on Sundays. That wasn't even all that long ago around here. Like, certain... Or they wouldn't open at all. Yeah. Nowadays, right. they're all fucking open. They're like, whatever. But, but right. Well, yeah, it it's it's just weird down here. I don't I don't suggest this place to anybody. Like, <laughs> I, I really don't like. I think it's a. Uh, if you look at the place aesthetically, it's beautiful. This state head to toe is gorgeous. You know what I mean? Green as all get out. Uh, you know we have big lakes and there's great fishing. There's uh, some stuff to do here if you're willing to travel to do it. Um, I just want to go squatching. What was that like Sasquatch hunting? Hunting for, hunting for Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of places around here for that. Uh huh. Which but I'm gonna tell you right now, most of them just turn out to be like most of the women here. That's, <laughs> you know. Harry. Yeah. Can't uh can't climb a set of stairs, but they can climb a tree. Oh yeah. The ones uh, you know, shade in the summer and warmth in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah. i'm gonna I shut think, up before i get myself in trouble yeah. anyway I, th- I think on that note we're gonna <laughs> wrap this up <laughs> you want to give a I shout a out blast, about no we have yeah, a shout out to your band like the name of it again where people like can check you guys out at. uh yeah so the name of the group is when hearts weather um you know we're split between queensland australia and here in the u.s uh andy i know andy's gonna be listening so what up andy and yeah, so we have an album that we just dropped called This Is Where It Ends, uh, which is like six tracks, about an hour long. And we have another one fixing to drop. The B-Sides is going to be coming out within the next month. Nice. By the time this airs, it'll probably already be out. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And that one's going to be, that one's going to be interesting. 
Nice. All right. Well, but thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys having me. Yep, not a problem. Appreciate you coming out and talking with us. It's been a good time. Yeah, man. Take it easy. Yep. See you. Later. And anyone out there listening, you want to be on an episode of Dark Side of the Scene, send an email to Brandon at darksideofthescene.com and we'll get you scheduled on a future episode. We're going to roll on out now, so take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>